This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the newest edition in the Compliance Podcast Network, my latest podcast, Compliance and Coronavirus. As the voice of compliance, I wanted to start a podcast which will help bring both clarity and sanity to the field of compliance, the compliance practitioner, and indeed the compliance profession during this worldwide health and healthcare crisis. Taking up a variety of topics as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. We will post on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time for the foreseeable future as we navigate our way through this incredible crisis. First, a word about our sponsor, SAI Global. With the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic continuing to change rapidly, trust and integrity are paramount to business continuity preparedness. SAI Global is here to help compliance and risk professionals facing these challenges, including unprecedented business impacts from employee well-being to disrupted supply chains. SAI 360 is a cloud-first software and modern ethics and compliance learning platform designed to help you navigate risk from every perspective. To learn more about how you can protect your business operations and workforce during these uncertain times, visit saiglobal.com backslash risk for free resources, expert guidance, and industry-leading technology. Thanks again to SAI Global for sponsoring this most important podcast. In this short podcast, I visit with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quartery Compliance in London, data privacy and data protection expert. He gives us five tips Quartery Compliance is putting out to clients to help them get through the coronavirus health crisis around data protection. Jonathan, what are some of the things that you and Quartery Compliance is advising clients on to minimize risk at this point? Well, in my mind, I've got a magnificent seven, Tom. So first one, the the bald yule brinner of compliance is do detailed due diligence on any possible provider. So many providers are coming out of the woodwork or out of the ether, work out who they are, where are they going to hold your data, are they prepared to enter into appropriate written agreements to help you meet your obligations. Two, minimize the sharing of data. Work out who health data needs to be shared with, the measures you're going to put in place to make that data confidential and secure. And bear in mind that recent cases, for example, the doorstep dispensary case in the UK, have told us that even healthcare professionals sometimes don't take as much care with data as they should. Three, only process the data you need. There's a data between, there's a distinction, I think, between data which is nice to have and data that you need to have. So make sure that you can justify all of the data you hold. Make sure that you follow what's called the accountability uh, um, principle under GDPR and that you register the reason for holding that. That's as simple, I think, as if you've got a spreadsheet. Column one says the field of data. Column two says why you need it. Um, There's going to be a particular problem with things like location-based data, especially if you're collecting this without proper notice to employees. For example, if you're using their, uh, an app on their mobile or cell phone to locate them. Or do a data protection impact assessment. I know we often seem like we're on repeat mentioning DPIAs, 
but quite often they're the solution to difficult problems when you've got to have a proper structure and think things through. In most cases, I'd say 95%, a DPIA will be mandatory. Even if it's not mandatory, it's usually a good idea. And obviously, we've talked about this before, Tom, but DPIAs are hot news in Europe because of the Irish Data Protection Authority's raid on Facebook. A lot of the data that you will be handling in this crisis will be more troublesome to employees than a dating app was uh, as proposed by Facebook. So it's clear that regulators will have an interest in this. And any responsible provider, if you're using a third-party vendor, will help you with a DPIA. Most of the good ones will have you know, DPIAs on the shelf just ready to send to you uh, to help you with your compliance. Fifthly, look at your transparency obligations. If you're collecting health data on employees or visitors to your premises, or you're doing anything a bit out of the ordinary, you've got to tell them and how are you going to tell them? And how long will you keep the data for? What are you going to tell them about your data handling going forward? Uh, sixth, keep up to date. Data protection authorities are changing their advice or clarifying it on an almost daily basis. Make sure you follow the latest guidance. And remember that under GDPR, a data protection officer must be provided with sufficient resources to fulfill their obligations. And DPOs are expected to have an expert knowledge of data protection law. These are tough times for a DPO. If you're a part-time DPO, you might need to reprioritize your work or speak to management about uh, allowing more time to focus on the complexities of this role. And lastly, consider your wider compliance obligations. Obviously, some countries like China, Austria, are passing specific laws which may place greater obligations on corporations. So make sure that you've got a process in place to monitor them, make sure you can fulfill your obligations, Look at how you deal with requests from government for data. Some of these requests in themselves aren't lawful. So don't just assume because the request looks official that you have to comply with it. You need a process in place for working out which ones are real and which ones are mandatory and, 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 and how to comply with those that you need to comply with. Jonathan, this has been a uh, very fascinating but also much needed exploration of what's required uh, under GDPR in this time of uh, massive worldwide health crisis. But more importantly, what can individuals and companies do to minimize the risk? I'm sure this is going to be an ongoing uh, discussion within the confines of quarterly compliance, even if it's a remote discussion, and also with your clients. So I may ask you to come back and visit with us again as uh, we move into the uh, spring and into the early summer. So thank you very much. My pleasure, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, 
if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.